Welcome to Flower Hour. A podcast completely dedicated to baking. I'm Amanda in Atlanta. And I'm Jeremiah in Sacramento. Amanda, it's another Flower Hour. Hi, Jeremiah, a.k.a. Jerry in the house. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going this week? I'm a little amped up, as you can see. I've had a busy day of baking, and so when I'm baking, I'm tasting so lots of sugar. There you have it. (laughs) (laughs) And I know your love of coffee has got to be helping, too. Oh, yeah. Coffee in one hand, cake in the other. I'm good to go. (laughs) How are you? What's going on in Jeremiah's world today? Oh, my goodness. This week is like a crazy week. I feel like every year has a couple weeks where you're just like, how did this happen? And how am I going to make it through alive? (laughs) And this week is one of those for me. So but how about you? What about your week? Uh, So like I said, I've been baking a lot today. I'm kind of prepping. I have a busy cake weekend, a lot of cake orders. And then I have uh, actually two cakes for loved ones because it's my mom's birthday this Saturday. Happy birthday, mom. And then my BFF's birthday was last week and I owe her a cake as well. So um, lots and lots of cake. And then today, kind of a weird thing happened that I don't normally have, but because I was doing different flavors for different layers of cake, I thought, well, I could do the math and like only make enough to have this one layer of cake. But I was like, eh, I'll just make the full recipe and play around. And so for two of the layers, I, instead of using my normal pan spray, because I'll just spray the pans with the spray that has the flour in it a lot of the time, I used a pan spray that's just like the oil that I'll use. It's just straight vegetable oil. And I'll use that sometimes when I'm cooking vegetables or something like that. Anyway, I was like, I wonder if you use pan spray without flour, will the cake still come out, you know, or does it have to be sprayed and floured? Great idea. Yeah. I mean, I was curious. I'm like, I've never done this. So normally if I don't have the pan spray with flour, or sometimes I just choose to, I have butter and flour or butter and cocoa powder or something like that. But I'm like, is that dry element really important? So I sprayed it with the oil and I thought everything was cool when they came out, they pulled from the sides just slightly. So I was like, Oh, so maybe you don't need the flower spray. But then when I went to flip it out, the cake split in half because the bottom half stayed in the pan and the top half came out. So I wasted two layers, which is never fun, but I scratched that itch. I've been curious for a while. So don't do it, you guys. It's a waste of cake. Um, well, not really. We still, my family, like we still ate it, but um, <laughs> we're animals. So <laughs> that's the way it goes. But there's my little experiment that I did. Uh, so tell me, what have you been baking? I mean, you said you're really busy as part of it baking. My busy week has involved a lot of baking. And I also have a family birthday this week. It's my grandma's birthday on St. Patrick's Day. And she loves a Swedish princess cake. So I've been working on that. And I'm also going to be using that cake for an upcoming class. So I was really excited to get it, give it a go again. And it didn't go quite as expected, which you know reminds me of our time in the tent 
when you have to think on your feet, you're crunched for time, you've got a lot going on, and you've got to pull it together. You've got to make it work. So um, that's what's going on in my kitchen. It's a lot of making it work. And I was hoping to use this cake as pictures for this class I'm going to do. But, you know, for 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 um, for pictures, you need perfection. So I'm going to do the cake again. But for family, it'll work. Sorry, family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll still be delicious. And now you have lots of troubleshooting tips for your attendees when they come to take the class. I feel like, don't you, uh, I, I know you agree because we've talked about this, but you learn so much more from bakes that kind of go off the rails a little bit from the ones yeah. versus the ones that go perfectly. If it goes perfectly, yep. all you really did was follow a recipe, you know? Right. But if it right. screws up, then you suddenly start to figure out why it works and how it works. Yep. So I don't know, maybe it was meant to be. Yeah, no, I love it. And I love this cake for a class because it has so many elements. It includes a genoise sponge cake. It includes a soaking syrup. You have to make your own jam. You have to make pastry cream. You have to make whipped cream. And then that gets folded into um, the pastry cream. You also have to do, you know, make your own marzipan. And you have to feel comfortable using that kind of like fondant to cover the whole cake. You have to be able to make a rose out of the marzipan. And you have to do a little bit of chocolate work. So within one cake, you have so many techniques where they get so much fun, but also so many opportunities to learn something. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> That's a great, perfect way to put it. Now, I'm curious, how long is a class going to be to make that? Because it is so many elements. It is. It's four hours. So very similar to a showstopper, right? And uh, from our time on the show, too, I know a lot of tricks to get things cooling quickly. Like we used to, right? Remember putting our jams or compotes on sheet trays in a bowl of ice, on a pan of ice, that kind of thing. But um, yeah. I, it, it, it'll work. It'll definitely work, especially if we do a smaller size princess cake. Yeah. I mean, four hours is not, you know, I mean, you're not going to have time to sit around, but that's a generous amount of time. I was imagining like a one hour class and I was going, this is bananas, Jeremiah, but yeah, four <laughs> hours. <laughs> That'll be great. What a fun class to take. I want to come. Yeah. Oh, you, I would love that. We could do it together. Okay, so speaking of running around on a TV show baking with crazy time limits, I feel like uh, we have somebody coming to Flower Hour today that has a lot of experience with that. Smooth transition, Amanda. Ooh la la. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we're so excited, as usual, to have our next guest. And this is Kate from Zumbo's Just Desserts, an Australian baking competition. And it's playing on Netflix. And if you haven't seen it, big spoiler alert, stop the episode right now and go watch and then come back. But if you're brave and you're willing to carry on, Kate is the winner. Yay, Kate. Yay. Kate was the winner of Zumbo's. And it's an incredible, credible competition with home bakers that do incredible amazing patisserie style desserts, a lot of entremet work, layered desserts, absolutely incredible. And the show has dubbed Kate as the no nonsense mum. And I just fell in love with her as soon as I saw her in the first episode. And I just cannot wait to get to know everything about her and what it was like to be on Zumbo's Just Desserts. Kate, welcome to Flower Hour. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? really well. 
Hi, Kate. We're so excited to have you on and uh, the magic of technology. It's always exciting when we have somebody on the other side of the world. You're in Australia, right? I am. Yeah, totally the other side of the world. And also, you're coming from the future. It's tomorrow where you're at. I am. I'm feeling really (laughs) special about it. So everything I say you should take totally to heart and, you know, write it down just in case it happens tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like it's extra wise since you're in the future. I don't know. I feel like that all the time. So, you know, I'm extra wise. I I actually listened to a quote yesterday. It was, I don't know if you guys get Call the Midwife. Have you ever seen that show? Yeah, I've seen yeah, it. And one of the older ladies on the show said, um, and it just made me laugh so much because it's I'm I'm so full of myself, it's ridiculous. And she said um, something like, it's always good to get a second opinion, especially when the second opinion is mine. So um, it just made me laugh. <laughs> so something I would say. <laughs> I love it. Well, as always, we love to take our listeners back to the beginning. And so how did you get started in baking? My grandma actually taught me. Um, my grandma used to own, my grandparents, I should say, I used to own a farm in rural Victoria, which is the state that I'm from in Australia. And whenever we would be bored, which was not often because she would just tell us to go outside and chase ourselves, but she'd go, right, here's some eggs, here's some flour, this is what we're going to make, and she'd get us to make stuff. So I very much always grew up with women in particular because the men typically in my mum's family weren't the cooks. Um, cooking various snacks and dinners and all that sort of stuff. So it's always been around me and grandma sort of showed me the the basis of everything. I love that. How sweet. It's very special. Such a wonderful way to learn. Uh, So major leap ahead from that beautiful, stress-free, lovely baking experience with your family to your time on Zumbos. Uh, We know you from Zumbos because Jeremiah and I both watched. It's on Netflix and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have watched. And we told them, major spoiler alert. So if they haven't watched, uh, they kind of know what happens now, but um, (laughs) still worth a watch. Anyway, my question is, what was the audition process like? Well, it was interesting because I, um, my, my best friend and I applied for a show called My Kitchen Rules in Australia about 12 months before, or no, it would have been probably even longer than that, probably two or three years before Zumbo came into play. And we'd gone through all of the audition process and all that sort of stuff and got to the very end. It was between us and another couple and we'd been told, no, I'm sorry, you haven't been successful, which was actually good because the filming process at that stage was four months and we had really little children. And then uh, November of the year before Zumbo, we got phone, I, I got a phone call from one of the producers at um, Channel 7 saying, hey, guys, we've been, we've been looking through your interviews from previously. Would you be interested in applying again? And... They explained to us that it was a dessert program, which was really good for me because I really like desserts. And, yeah, then so we went through, we had to apply again and have phone interviews and all that sort of thing. It was pretty arduous, really. And it was hard, too, because originally when we applied, they told us it was a two-person team. And then halfway along, we discovered it wasn't. It was only a single person who they were looking for, not a team. So my best mate got knocked out pretty quickly we had the phone my phone interview went for 45 minutes and hers went for seven so um as I kept going further and further I had real trouble trying to decide what I told her and if I should let her know that I was going to going ahead and I wasn't supposed to it was all supposed to be confidential so um yeah I've sort of waffled on then sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) wow interesting now 
so Amanda and I were on um, the Great American Baking Show, and the type of desserts we had to make were so different than yours. Yours were very patisserie dri- driven, very entremet style. And then you had like plated stuff where it was just one beautiful serving. Is that the type of desserts you usually make at home? Or did you have to really study up to do those types of desserts? Well, my um, dessert sort of style is very kind of rustic. And it's I, I jokingly always call it accidentally rustic because I'm atrociously crap at plating. But um, when I got to the show, I had, because we had to submit, and I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I will, um, we had to submit a stack of recipes before we got there because you guys, as you guys would know, baking is pretty specific. You need to have certain ingredients and blah, blah, blah. And so we had to have sort of seven recipes before we got there. And I got there and these all these guys around me were doing entremets and petite gâteaux and glazes and all these things that I'd actually never heard of. And I'd been doing research, but I'd been doing research on how to make um, puff pastry properly, which I knew how to do, but just, you know, fine-tuning all that sort of stuff and smashing out ice creams and things like that. And I got there and these guys were doing these such technical, amazingly modern desserts and I just went oh my god what am I doing here and especially the first round I thought I am so out of my league and then I won the first round so I was like oh maybe I'm not and then I was yeah it was amazing watching you do everything it was just oh my god it was so exciting oh I got so smashed so smashed but saying that if I hadn't have done all the desserts the Zumbo tests that I did I wouldn't have won because I learned so much from them that was a huge, huge benefit to you, even though I'm sure it was incredibly stressful. Oh, I seem to actually, one thing I found quite interesting that I discovered about myself was that I, I'm really good under pressure. And I've always known I'm pretty good under it. I can get more done in the 15 minutes before someone comes around than what I do in the four days beforehand. But being under pressure and having all these people look at you, which you guys would understand, is a total new level. And I absolutely thrived in it. I loved it. Yeah, I was amazed to see you you kept your cool every single challenge, which is certainly a special skill and and I think certainly got you to the end. I mean, that nerve that you have is is pretty incredible. Um, And to be able to do highly technical things while you're under that pressure is particularly impressive. One of those things I was amazed with was the tempering of chocolate. I feel like you guys also did a lot of chocolate tempering. And I was curious if you have any tips about that for our listeners. Well, interestingly, I had never tempered chocolate until I had to make that floating hat of Zumbo's. What? Uh, no, That's never. so and, crazy. <laughs> oh, no. And because I'd actually, because we submitted recipes before it started, I actually left chocolate completely out of it because I thought, I'm going to have to temper it and I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just not going to do it. And then <sighs> when I got in and like the second test that I had to do, it was all tempering and it was really fine work. Like Zumbo's chocolate was so thin and so fine and so precise that I just sort of went, oh, no, and I had no idea what I was doing. And Mick, the guy that I actually competed with in that test, he'd been tempering all the way along. He'd been talking about how much he liked tempering and he'd destroyed his hotel room because our hotel, our, the places where we were staying, had big marble tables. So he'd just tempered straight on top of that <laughs> and made a god-awful mess in his, um, <laughs> his, his room. So he'd been telling us all about that. So when they actually said to us, you're tempering, I just went, oh, crap, oh, this isn't good. And Zumbo actually pulled me aside and said, I'm going to show you how to temper. So he said to me, he goes, I'm not going to go through temperatures or anything else like that. I'm going to tell you how to do it by feel. 
because he said to me, he goes, there's no point in you trying to get your temperature gun and trying to get the temperatures up to whatever they need to be because you'll lose temper in your chocolate and you don't have time for that. So he actually said to me, he goes, he just demonstrated for me. He goes, right, this is what we're going to do. And he did it for Mick as well. Um, but Mick sort of knew what he was talking about, so he didn't pay attention. So I'm like avidly watching everything he was doing. And he he melted the chocolate and he said to me, he goes, with melting of the chocolate, he goes, melt it until it's all melted and that's it. Don't go any further. Don't try and let it sit there. As soon as the last bit melts, pull it off. And I, we actually did it straight on the, um, the hot plate in a silver bowl. And then he said, pour two-thirds of it out onto the marble and then move it around and he was showing us how to you know spread it out and squish it back in and spread it out and squish it back in he said and then feel it with your little finger if it feels cool to the touch you're right to go if it doesn't feel cool if it's still got a bit of warmth to it it's not right keep keep moving it around and the entire time I was doing it I was sort of packing myself internally going oh no oh no oh no and then it absolutely worked and it's worked every other time I've done it which is so cool now, Kate, does that work for dark milk and white? No problem, yep. each type. Oh, I'm yep. doing it. it. I'm trying it. It's hard. So, and what he said to me is, have it like because I went down to the local. This is quite bizarre when I say it. I went down to the headstone makers they, who make grave headstones in Ballarat and actually bought an offcut for a marble headstone, and um, just like one of the scraps that they have sitting at the front. I said, oh, can I buy one of those? And I've actually got one of those, and I use that to temper the chocolate and literally all I do is melt it until it's all just melted pour it out move it around and it feels cool to touch on your finger it's sort of until you start doing it you you sort of go oh it can't be that easy and it really is I'm literally sitting here with my mouth like hanging open because that's the coolest story like to learn that from Zumbo's for, for from Zumbo and then for it to work and then for you to buy a gravestone like a, a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in awe I'm just like totally thrilled with this story right now yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think it's really interesting that Mick, who I was competing against, oh, my God, the mess that he made when he was cooking was insane. But was. I kept my I kept my station. But you didn't see how bad it was. Zumbo was actually taking photos of the station and sending it to his friends because he'd never seen anything like it before. He had chocolate <laughs> everywhere. He had it in all the drawers, <laughs> on the floor. In all, like we, had a, we had the KitchenAid stand mixes. It was underneath that, like – I, we, whoever was on that station for the rest of the show, we'd just randomly find bits of chocolate like stuck on stuff because they couldn't <laughs> find it all. It was absolutely insane. Whereas my station was really clean because I was so paranoid about not getting it right that I didn't want to have to clean down and get water in my chocolate and all that sort of stuff. So I was really paranoid about keeping it clean, whereas Mick just looked like a bomber had gone off in his side. So oh smart. Gosh. So, okay, were those zumba desserts as delicious as they look did you have like a favorite was there one that was just like so so or they i mean tell us i gotta know well the floating hat one was really interesting because the chocolate was beautiful and the ice cream in the cone underneath it so it was like an ice cream cone that was made of pretty much a cold taco so i actually really enjoyed it because i like weird food so it was different layers of like tomato icing tomato um it was pretty much tomato ice cream in the end and different like sour cream and corn chips and all sorts of stuff. And I actually enjoyed that. It wasn't my favourite though. I really absolutely loved the mini little V8 layer cake that we did. Did you see that one? Yeah, that was intense. Yeah. Yeah, that was insane. I actually picked up the plate that that was on because Brogan, who I was cooking off against, um, didn't eat all of hers. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat yours. And then I ate mine and then I licked the plate of the thing <laughs> because I'm like, we're just going to wash it. Like, it was the best thing I have ever eaten. It was so good. So will you describe it for our listeners? 
Yeah, of course. So the V8 layer cake is a eight-layer dessert. So anything that Zumbo does, he pretty much just amps it up to 500. It's not even 11. And it's made up of, as I said, eight different layers of vanilla. So I'll see if I can remember it. It's a vanilla glaze on the outside and then there's a vanilla, I'm just trying to remember now, a vanilla water gel, a vanilla creme brulee, a vanilla toasted brulee, a vanilla daquoise, a vanilla spa, chiffon sponge, a vanilla syrup, trying to count as I'm going along, um, a vanilla creme chantilly on the outside. There's like eight of them. I can't even remember all of them. Um, and it was magnificent. Wow. And you can pick up all the nuances of different vanilla flavors, right? Yeah, it's really odd because the diff- every different layer is a different um, well, cooking pretty much. You can taste yeah. the vanilla toasted brulee. Like it's a really sort of nutty vanilla-y. Um, the water gel is really light. Uh, the daquoise gives you that sort of crunchy, little bit of crunchy bit on the bottom. It was honestly unbelievable. I can't stop talking about it. It's making my mouth water thinking about it. I love it. I love it. It sounds fantastic. Um, I just wanted to eat it all. Your show in particular, like I feel like I watch a lot of cooking or baking shows, but every single challenge, I just felt genuinely hungry just watching because it all looked so delicious. And now hearing about that, I want it even more. I'm kind of curious because we are so far away. Does Zumo have a lot of shops? I know part of winning was you'd get a dessert in his shop. And I was curious, like, is there a main shop, a flagship shop? I'm just not familiar. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Zumbo and Australia? Yeah, so Zumbo is one of the most um, visible patissiers in Australia. Um, he's got shops all over the place. There's shops in, I think he's got two or three in Sydney. There's two in, or there was two in Melbourne. I think there might still be two in Melbourne. He's got a pop-up and a, a regular shop. There's, he seriously have shop, has shops all over the place. He... Um, in Melbourne, he used to have a cafe that's being renovated at the moment called, uh, what was it called? Nancy something or other. And it was like a restaurant that you could go to and have high teas and have different desserts and stuff. So he's pretty, I think most Australians, especially if you're into sweet stuff, you'll know who he is because he's everywhere. That's very cool. I was really curious too. So I know part of the prize was having one of your desserts in his shops. Do you, can you tell us what dessert you got to put in his shops? Yeah, of course. It was my caramel slice from the show. So it was the, it was a, um, a chocolate shortbread biscuit or a shortbready pastry with a caramel mousse on it and a caramel sauce and then tempered chocolate. And then that was repeated. So it was like a, um, a layered dessert, almost like a milfoy. Oh yes. I remember that one. <laughs> I was feeling hungry right at that moment. Yep. Oh, so good. <laughs> One thing, too, that on your show that we didn't have and we all wished we did was a blast chiller. What was that like, using one of those? They are unbelievable. If I could afford and justify having one in my kitchen, I so would. It, it, I find it quite interesting. My best comparison for it as to how quickly or how much they speed everything up is with the V8 layer cake, we had three hours to make that little tiny one that we made um, mm-hmm. and we needed every second of it. I made it at home. It took me four days. Oh, my God. Wow! Yeah, because wow. because of all the what a difference. Yeah, because of all the different layers and how quickly, how much they need to freeze before you can stick them all together. I sort of I allowed sort of three days. I, I it took me four, but I probably should have allowed five. Wow! Yeah, I mean, what, I've only done entrees a few times, and they always take multiple days. So yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah, wow. it just be, especially with the um, V8, because there's so many layers in it, you have right. to sort of freeze the first four. You make the first four, freeze those together overnight. Then you make the next four, freeze those together overnight. And then you have to put the creme chantilly on the, over, over the outside of it, freeze that overnight, and then you can glaze it and decorate it. So you're sort of looking minimum four days if you have everything done, like all your pre-work done before you get to it. Wow. Now, speaking of glazes, your glazes were always off the hook. What are your tips for a good glaze? Oh, I am not the glazing queen. I'm terrible at glazes, actually. <laughs> Although the last couple that I've done happen to have worked really well. Um, I think the big one with glazes is make sure your temperature is spot on. If it's too hot, and I can't tell you what a temperature it's supposed to be, but um, if your glaze is too hot, it actually melts what's underneath it and the glaze kind of just runs off and goes all gloopy. Whereas if it's right in the zone that it needs to be, it'll stick on. Also, make sure there's no bubbles in it because if you have bubbles in your glaze, I tend to whack mine on the bench really hard before I start to try and get them out because um, if you have bubbles in it, you'll have bubbles all through your glaze and it just doesn't – it sort of ruins the finish a bit. Yeah. that. Oh, I've, I like the banging trip because I definitely – struggle with the bubbles also some i feel like mine always end up being a bit thick um and i end up just adding some water what do you think of that should i be adding something different or i'd probably check your temperature a bit what temperature is it when you make it and it also depends on the glaze itself as i said i'm not an expert at glazing daniel who was on our show is unbelievable i send him messages all the time when i'm making stuff dan how do i do this one what do i need to put in that and he'll, he's right on that. But um, I probably wouldn't. I don't know about water. It depends on what your basis of your glaze is. Um, it could be that potentially that your temperature is a little bit off. It might be a little bit cold. Or it could be that the glaze that you're doing is just a thick glaze. Because some of them can be. Some of them can be really gloopy. All right. Good good, good, good ideas. Oh, not really. All right. So you... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you kind of gave us a sneak peek to this, telling us about Zumbo and the tempering, but I was curious, did the judges and Gigi help you guys or give you extra feedback or coaching beyond what we saw other than the tempering now that we know that part? Well, at the start, Rachel and Zumbo were asked not to talk to us. I think it's because they needed to sort of keep um, very much in the middle and not get any favourites or anything else like that, which I totally respected. Gigi used to talk to us all the time. She was awesome. Um, she would come over and give us tips while we're actually cooking. You actually didn't see a lot of that. She'd come over and go, oh, have you tried this? Have you thought about that? Blah, blah, blah. She's actually amazing. Um, Rachel actually used to tell us stories because when we were doing, they were setting up for the Zumbo test, we would have to sit there with our eyes closed while they brought out Zumbo's dessert. So they, the reaction they got for when they re revealed it was actually real. And she would actually tell us stories about what she used to get up to when she was a kid and when she was in her early 20s and lots of stuff. So her stories were actually quite funny. She told us this story once about how she actually used to be a DJ and she used to have like a gold necklace that she used to wear around. And we were just, it was so funny, honestly. I couldn't get over it. I, mean, I sort of didn't believe it. And then not long after that, when we'd finished filming and the show had actually started being broadcast on TV, she put up a photo of her with a big gold chunky chain. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She is such a cool, cool personality. Yeah, she really is. And she's absolutely lovely. I felt I, I, it must have been really hard for her and Adriano to really keep their distance from us because there must have been stuff that they were desperate to talk to us about. Um, Adriano was really good in terms of if we needed 
like equipment or something like that, he said to us, he goes, if you need anything, let me know. I can get it from the kitchen um, down at the shop. Um, let us know if there's, you know, ingredients or anything that they, the, the studio can't get. I can organise that for you. So I know a lot of the guys like Ali and Daniel in particular, they quite often would get moulds off him and use those in their cooking. So he was fantastic like that. Wow. So can you tell us about your mom's famous sponge recipe? And is that something you share or is it top secret? <laughs> well, I have no issue with sharing it because it's not my recipe. Um, <laughs> so it'll be fine. And if she has a go at me, I'm like, Mama, they just really wanted to know about it. She's really funny about her sponge. Um, it is a really lovely sponge recipe, but she makes me laugh because at the grand final of my show, um, we a, fr- a couple of friends of mine are like, we need to go somewhere and celebrate it. And I'm like, we, we don't really. Like, it, it'll be fine. And I knew I'd won at that stage um, and I just hadn't said anything to any of them. And they're like, we need to go somewhere. And I'm like, no, we really don't. And one of my friends who was going through cancer treatment said to me, she goes, I'm booking somewhere and you're going to go and this is what we're doing. And I went, oh, okay, fine. And we rocked up that night and that invited all my mates and stuff, which was really cool. And my mum had actually bought sponges <laughs> for everyone oh, to eat. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. But, Mum, we're at a restaurant. You can't just bring your own food. She's like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> so afterwards she's cutting up these sponge cakes and giving them out to people. And we didn't have any plates. We didn't have any serviettes. We had no spoons. And so she's just giving them to people in their hands. And I'm like, oh, Mum, it's, it's, you know, you can't. But she's really funny about the sponge. But I do have the recipe if you would like it. Oh, yes, we would. I would. Yes, we would love it. Yeah, we would love it. Absolutely. So I'm just, she sent me a, it's, it's the worst recipe to read. She's, it's all over the place. But she said, it's, it says Ivy sponge, which I actually think is my nan who passed away a long time ago sponge. So the recipe, the ingredients is four eggs, three quarters of a cup of sugar, half a teaspoon of cream of tartar, half a cup of custard powder, half a cup of corn flour, a quarter of teaspoon of, I think it's baking soda. She's just got soda down there. So with it, you separate your eggs, obviously, which you do with a lot of sponge. And then you just beat your egg whites, salt and soda. I don't think it actually says salt. So a pin- I'd put a pinch of salt in there because I don't think she's got any. But beat your egg whites with your salt and, sh- and, and, so- and soda and then add your yolks one at a time, really gradually, let them whisk in. Um, then add sugar really slowly. Like just, I remember doing this as a kid. We just add a teaspoon here or there. And then when it's really thick and really voluminous, you want to fold in the dry ingredients. So mum's tip for um, the sponge, which she always hammered into me, is while you are waiting for everything else to mix together, you sift the dry ingredients over and over and over and over as many times as you can. So sift it sort of three or four times minimum, but keep sifting it. And that sort of gives it, it makes it quite light. So then you dump all that into your wet ingredients and fold it through quite carefully and then cook it for 20 minutes in a moderate oven, which is just what it's got down. But mum said 175 degrees in our temperature, which I'm not sure what that would be. So that's Celsius. I'm not sure what it would be Fahrenheit. I think, I think 350. Yeah. yeah. And then you just cook exactly. it and do not open the oven while it's cooking because as soon as you open the oven, it'll just sink down. So you cook it for about 20 minutes and it starts to come away from the edges and you're right to go. I cannot wait to try it. Hopefully so thank it you works. so much. <laughs> it's, very, it's, it's very basic, but it made me laugh when I actually cooked it in the um, fire challenge that we had because Zumbo said to me, he goes, oh, so tell me about your mum's sponge cake recipe. And I'm like, totally going to be the favourite. Totes going to be the favourite. Which was really silly, but she was totally stoked by it, which was cool. Oh, I love that. 
I'm sure that felt great. Yeah. To honor her in that way. I think that's really cool. Really, really cool. Um, okay. So talking about specific bakes, are there any Australian bakes that you think Americans should try? Oh, you've made a pavlova. Have you made a pav? Yes. Yes. Pavs. I kind of find, I've always found pavs really quite gross. I find them way too sweet and, and sickly, but I made a recipe at Christmas time, which isn't mine. It's a Donna Hay recipe, which is, she's pretty huge over here. And it actually has half the amount of sugar as a normal pav. And she swirls like a raspberry cool, unsweetened raspberry coolie through the meringue before she cooks it. It is so good. I love it. <gasps> Yeah, and then she sprinkles wow. it with um, freeze-dried raspberries because they're quite tangy, so that was delicious. Um, Lamingtons are a big Australian favourite. I'm not a huge fan of them. I find them a little bit too heavy, whereas jelly cakes, which I'm sure are pretty much everywhere, where you have a sponge and you roll it in jelly and then, like, coconut, they're magnificent. Mm, I don't, yeah, we don't have that over here, but I can imagine that being delicious. Oh, especially with mum's sponge. They're pretty good. Um, saying that, Australia has a lot, doesn't have a lot of desserts that are typically ours. We tend to have stolen them from everybody. So apart from kind of the Pav and the Lamington, which we've sort of stolen from other places, we don't have a lot of typically Australian desserts so much. Oh, what you mentioned is, sounds like a lot of fun to try. Very much so. Yeah, I want to try that one with your mom's sponge. So do you roll it into a spiral? No, and no, then- just can't. Like fill it no, no, that. cut it in squares, like cut it in little blocks. Make a like a slab cake and cut it into squares and then like make a jelly. Obviously, you could do whatever you wanted. You could do fancy jelly or you could just buy packet mix. And until it's, the jelly's just kind of starting to set but like still really wobbly and floppy and then roll your sponge through that and then straight through the coconut and chuck it in the fridge. And then oh. you can put cream and stuff on the top of it if you want to. I used to love them as a kid, love them. So oh, that sounds really good. The jam is on the outside of the cake, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, oh, so you guys call jam jelly, don't you? So I'm I'm talking about is it Jello, American version of Jello? Does it have um, gelatin in it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like that. Uh, that sort of milk. Oh, okay. So it's like Jello. Okay. Yeah. So I'm imagining like a jam, a jelly is basically the same, just a little different. Um, yeah. So I was imagining that, but yeah. Okay. So it's like jello. How interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Good. I'm so curious. Yeah. I'm going to definitely make this. <laughs> this is in my near future. It's kind of like, it's like fairy bread. Fairy breads. You know what fairy bread is? I do. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's not common here. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's quite repulsive when you think about it. It's like a piece of white bread spread quite thickly with butter or marge and then sprinkles over the top of it. It is huge over here. Kids absolutely love it. I make it every now and again just so I can have some fairy bread. Whereas other people in who look at us and go, oh, that is so weird. And it is, It's but it's so good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so much fun. I could talk to you all day long. <laughs> So what is life like for you these days after the show? Life's actually pretty boring. I kind of, when I got back from Zumbo, which is really stupid, really, I was very much deserted out. I'd had sort of eight cooks. We, I don't know what your filming schedule was for your show, but we squished all of our show into sort of five weeks. Um, so at the end, as those of you who may have watched, is I had a stack of cooks all one after the other. So I had sort of eight cooks in I think it was eight days I did them in so I didn't have any breaks at all from cooking because I had challenges and zumbo tests and all that sort of stuff and so when I got home 
well, even after the show finished. So after the show finished, I had two solid days. I think I did 26 hours of interviews in the two days afterwards. I got home and just sort of went, I just can't do anything now. So I've only just recently started getting back into desserts, even though it's kind of been sort of two years since it filmed. But life is pretty boring for me. I um, I go to work, I come home, I yell at my children and and just have started making desserts back again. We're thrilled to hear you're, you're back in the kitchen and <laughs> we can't wait to see what comes out on Instagram. And um, we just can't thank you enough for spending some time with us. That's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you so much, Kate. It was fun to learn and I can't wait to make your mom sponge. Hopefully it turns out and it's not a flop like sometimes I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take care. See you guys. Be sure to subscribe to Flower Hour on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you're enjoying your time with us, leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. 